Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the show. This is the Millennial Millionaire Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Cohen. This podcast is focused on bringing some of the wisest minds from across the globe to discuss concepts, strategies, and ideals that will lead them to be top performers in their respective industries and their lives. This show is for the millennials and millennials at heart to transcend their mindset, their health, and their income to the next level. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, Millennial Millionaires. Today is February 2nd. Hope everyone's having a phenomenal start to 2024. Today we have another epic guest. We have Mr. Nick Pena. Nick has launched and ran multiple seven and eight figure online companies. He is an Inc. 500 founder, uh, Ivy League school, Cornell back in the day, used to be a D1 athlete in wrestling and is a author and just an incredible human being who I've got to uh, spend some time with over the years and just super stoked to finally have you on the show, man. Sounds good. I'm excited, man. It's actually going to be my first official podcast which actually, as a guest. Which actually surprises me, man, yeah. because I feel like you're you're in the space of social media and online marketing, and I see your content online, and you know it's fire. Yeah. I mean, the the amazing thing about being online is you can be the guy in the front Right, or you can run back-end rev ops or or operations for people that are on the front end. And over the last four years, I actually transitioned from building my own personal brand to running operations on the back end. And for me, it was um, it was a goal where I, I really wanted to master systems because at the end of the day, if you're going to take a company from six figures to seven figures or seven figures to eight figures, the thing that everybody truly wants is they want a magical cash machine that prints money in their bank account you know, every single day. And to do that, what you need is systems and operations in your business. So um, I got super passionate about that, and uh, that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. Yeah, I would, I would agree, man. I feel like a lot of social media content and you know I'm guilty of this myself is a lot of the a lot of the hype a lot of the mindset a lot of the a lot of the mentality and work hard and morning routines and cold plunges and meditate for 5 minutes which are all extremely powerful practices that a lot of successful people including myself uh, have served us but not too many people talk about what does it actually take to build a six figure business what does it actually take to build a seven eight nine figure business organization sales team whatever and a lot of it has to do with the systems you know there's a quote uh, that I learned early on in, in my industry, it's you want to lead people and manage systems. And systems are so, so important because I feel like they are the glue that allows the organization that you're building to grow. And you can only build as high as your foundation is deep. So Nick, let's talk a little bit about your background, man. So we've known each other kind of on and off for about a decade now, I feel. I don't know yeah. if you remember me from back in the day, but I think we were in the same network marketing company. We met probably 10, 11 years ago and, and wake up now, which seems like an eternity ago. So to follow both of our journeys and neither of us are still in the network marketing space, but we're both still doing the same mission, have the same dream of working for ourselves and creating generational wealth and all that good stuff that we bought into from an early age. Why do you think so many people start entrepreneurship or maybe get exposed to something from an early age, but when you track their career or track them over a long enough period of time, they conform and they end up not pursuing the one thing that they started? That's a good question. Um, everybody that I kept in communication with that, that started down the same path, uh, they actually made it. Like they're running multiple seven-figure businesses. Uh, one of my buddies that also did direct sales, network marketing. You know, he's running a two hundred and fifty million dollar company now. And uh, you know, um, for the people that didn't make it, what I feel like it is 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 uh, they went they the environment they were in and the thoughts they were operating off of were were from the masses. And it was probably something where you know they had a loss or two losses and and they didn't make you know you know, the multiple six figures, they didn't build the seven figure business. And one day, you know, there's that little whisper in their ear that usually most people have in the back of their head, no matter what, but they had that extra whisper in their ear, whether it was the girlfriend, the fiance, the wife, the brother, where it's like, dude, you just need to give up and go get a real job. And, uh, that's it. One day they went and, uh, got a real job, which nothing against a real job, but they, they eventually gave up on the purpose. And, and for whatever reason, those small barriers, those obstacles that, um, were popping up, they, they lost sight of what they were working towards. Because for me personally, I 
I uh I know that I'm crazy. Like I'd rather die trying than go and you know uh end up you know clocking in and and just doing a job on a day to day day to day basis personally. Yeah, no, that's facts, man. One of my favorite quotes, it's actually on my Instagram page, is the opposite of cowardice in our the, sorry the opposite of courageousness in our society isn't cowardness, it's conformity. Because it's very easy to go with the flow and do what everyone else is doing. But when you step against the grain like you're talking about and you step into criticism, you step into fear, you step into putting yourself in a vulnerable situation, that's really where you get to see where you're made of. And I agree with you. I feel like the people that start entrepreneurship or direct sales or network marketing or their own online business, whatever venture that they do, really the best advice that I give people is just be here a year from now. You know, be here every year from now, go through the learning curve, all the things that you need to know, you'll figure out by just not quitting. And the only way you really fail, I believe, in entrepreneurship is just not do anything or quit. So I would totally agree with you. Yeah. And and on that note, too, if somebody had a dream or had an idea where they wanted to start a business and it didn't work out, what I'm against strongly is don't go into a job where you're not going to advance or learn additional skill sets. Mm. If you're going to go back and work for somebody else, make it worthwhile and work for somebody that has your ideal life and you can maybe pick up one or two skill sets. And maybe that doesn't last forever and you have the next opportunity. But as time goes on, I've seen a lot of people even go down that route where they try to do a business. It didn't work out, but they made a right decision and they went and picked up another skill set. And then as time went on, they skill stacked. And now before they know it, fast forward 10 years and Dude, they know how to run some ads. They know how to do some video editing. They know how to do all these different skills. And now when they try to start a business again, boom, it works because they have the skill sets. Yeah. Talk about skill stacking. I love that concept. So skill stacking is actually a brand that uh, we're launching this year. And it's a really amazing concept. The long-term vision is to put those skills that every business needs. In business, you need somebody that can do copywriting, create ads, do video editing, um, sales, operations, team management, leadership, these skills and what we have is we actually bring in industry leaders that have these skills and uh, it's a it's a community. It's like 50 bucks a month and people can learn these valuable skills and short term, it's we're selling it B2C. Long term though, we, we build this library up and we're actually going to sell it B2B and it's something where a company could sign up and rather than, you know, for example, I'll give you one example. We have a media buyer that we pay a few hundred thousand dollars a year. Rather than them going and having their media buyer that they hired from an Ivy League school, you know, run their ads, it's like, dude, you could pick up a guy that is very willing, maybe has, you know, a good IQ and a good head on his shoulders, and you could plug him into the platform and he can learn from people that are running seven, eight figure campaigns. So that's the that's the concept on the business side. In terms of on a personal level, um, this is a concept that I focused on. So when I left school, my goal was not to get the highest paying job possible. My goal was to skill stack. And I thought, what would make me indestructible in any economy? And the first thought that came up was learn sales because I was naturally an introvert. When I was growing up, dude, I was the guy in the library at lunch. I did. I was, I was the guy that um, I had one best friend. But as time went on, I knew that, hey, it's time for me to enter a new era and I needed to reinvent myself. So I, I, I thought of what am I the worst at? And it was communication. So I said, let me go and master communication. And dude, I had a bright idea where, let me learn how to do sales. How could I get good at sales? And, and uh, dude, I went to go work with a sales trainer named Grant Cardone. So I went from zero to 100 and that was my first actual job. And I was so bad that... I wasn't allowed on the phones, um, and I and actually started in the shipping room. I would get him his uh, his Mister Black coffee. If you go to uh, if you go to Starbucks, you can ask for that in Miami, and they'll know what it is because I used to grab it as his drink. And uh, as time went on, I eventually got on the phones. But point being is, I think that everybody right now, if you're in a company, it's so rare to have people that have skill sets where you can really bring value to the company. So if you're a normal person and in your free time, you're learning these skill sets, dude, you can you can literally whisper in the owner's ear and say, hey, I, you know, I've been studying how to do video editing. Would it be okay if I maybe started to edit some videos for the business? And they'll tell you yes. Hey, and I also, I started to learn ads and I, I was wondering, we don't run ads. Like, could I throw some up? And if you ask those things, you'd be like, absolutely. If they're making money and that's how literally Without the fancy Ivy League degree, you can put yourself in a company and rise to the top through sheer just abilities that most people aren't willing to learn.
Mm, I love that. Two really important points that I resonate with. Number one, almost every person that I talk to that has a high identity or that you see now who just seems like a sales killer or like super charismatic or a great public speaker, I would say 90% of the time growing up, they had low self-esteem, they were self-conscious, they were an introvert, and because they were lacking those skills from a young age, they had the desire, right? You're either running towards pain towards pleasure or away from pain, they had the mm-hmm. desire to actually go learn the skill set of communication, sales, influence, negotiation. Therefore, now when people see them from the outside looking in, it's very easy to be like, oh, that dude's talented, or he has the gift of gab, or he's just a good communicator. But in reality, the best communicators, I believe, were the people that didn't have it from a young age. That's the first point. The second point is 100% agree with the skill stacking thing. I think most people, and this was the big mindset shift for me going from network marketing to direct sales. I made $0 in network marketing over three years. You know, I built a team of 100 people, which sounds like a lot, but at the time it was only a couple thousand dollars a month. But after I transitioned over to the solar industry in 2016, my income went from $2,000 a month to $12,000 a month the first really second month I started solar. And everyone looked at me, they're like, oh, you're crushing it, dude. You're so good at this, yada, yada, yada. But in reality, it wasn't because I was good. It's because I spent those three years learning the skill set of personal development, communication, learning the universal laws, increasing my identity, learning how to recruit, learning how to team build and build culture and all these things. Therefore, going into a new industry, I became a linchpin and my income soon followed. So I think that's sound advice, dude. I think most people They're just looking for what they can get in terms of trading time for money. When in reality, to your point, I think it's more important to who can I become by joining this job? Who can Mm -hmm. I become by joining this opportunity, by joining this environment? Because that skill that they get is going to pay them dividends, you know, long term. Absolutely. And even goes one level deeper. And uh, this is a for me. There's been a few impactful moments in my life. One of them was this. I did meet one billionaire in my life, and I shook his hands. It was like almost like a weird thing because— You feel the energy? I felt the energy. I felt the energy. And uh, this guy went from making $50,000 a year at the age of 55 to being worth $3.2 billion at 62. And uh, he had a few different principles that he lived his life by. So I'm like, dude, whatever this guy's doing, I'm doing it. And uh, there was one thing that he said is, um, you're a few pieces of information away from greatness. And the thing that I taught that I took away personally from his life and kind of his experiences was he 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 really put a lot of importance on learning. And from that interaction, I had this realization that even though I worked really hard in school, I never really studied how to learn. So point being is I did go and study how to learn. And when you go out and you skill stack and you actually learn additional skills, you also learn how to learn new skills, and that is a skill in itself. And by doing that, it gives you this different type of confidence where the marketplace shifts. Industries that were booming 50 years ago are not booming. Industries that are here today will go away, and there will be something else that hot, but that's hot. But when you get that skill of how to learn and you, you, you have these principles, you can shift to another industry and, and you know take advantage of it. So um, I think that's another big part, too, because a lot of people— like if you threw me, let's just say that I'm not in the industry I'm in right now. And, you know, we do a lot of stuff with online marketing, but you threw me in a random, just random other industry. Dude, I feel pretty confident in learning how to how to how to win in that industry. hundred percent, man. It's it's the uh, the mindset book, right? Carol, whatever her name is, it's fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, until you start learning these skills and adapting and being able to go into new th- industries and learn, you don't realize all the neuroplasticity in your brain being able to evolve and adapt and being like, hey, this is just a skill set. Just like you got good at sales as a skill set, online marketing is a skill set. You can go out there and really do whatever you want to do if you believe you have the ability to adapt and learn. So sure. I really like that, man. Uh, to piggyback off what you just said, Nick, because I agree. I think, I think this was true 10 years ago, and I think it's even more true today. With artificial intelligence and technology, people are being replaced I don't think there's been a time in history where the average mediocre skill set employee has more fear for their livelihood and their ability to have job security. Mm -hmm. Why do you believe in 2024 it is important to be fluent, not just in online, but in skills that are irreplaceable? Yeah, so um, 
the 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 real thing so i have like two thoughts that popped up one is you know ai is coming and as you guys go to restaurants and and go to you know fast food places you'll start to notice like like i went to uh, this chicken spot down the, <laughs> down the street and uh you know they, they had the guy that's up front at the register and then you have the thing where you can just order at your uh, yeah. you know by yourself right so that's going to start popping up and the one that's freaky is like when they have the little robot bringing your food right at certain restaurants now so um it's also something where even at the you know the airport and just there's these shifts happening right so um my first thought on the ai and technology is you want to learn how to use it and the thing is, is operations and business you want to be more efficient because that's more profitable and uh you want to be the guy that knows how to run the ai and technology so like hey everybody else is gone but dude i know how to work it right so i think that that's a uh, one one good thing to have and then the other thing that i would look at is there are some things that i think are going to be uh, more difficult to replace but um um either way even with like sales which which Dude, I mean, for me, like we have sales reps and we, you believe in sales reps, right? And there is that, you know, human to human interaction, but slowly but surely in, in some areas, we actually use AI to do appointment confirmations in our company now. Mm. And it's something where, dude, I do not know how many can I cuss? Or? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> All right, dude. I don't know how many fucking times, you know, <laughs> I've went and told an appointment center, like, dude, you guys want to confirm your appointment, you know, the day before the day of, and, uh, you want to just go ahead and give them that, you know, that touch of, Hey, I'm excited to see you this afternoon. And, uh, finally, you know, a day comes where me and Dylan are in the office and it's a late night and it's like, Hey, let's try to, uh, program this AI to uh, do the confirmation calls. And we did it. And like, now we have, you know, an AI setter that does the confirmation call the day, the day of. And, uh, along with that, we also have, um, the text messages to go out. So, um, really, uh, in terms of what are the skill sets that are going to be irreplaceable in the future, I, I, um, I, I don't have a lot of certainty of which ones can't re be replaced. But what I do know is this. It's rare to have people that are problem solvers and what I would call a solutionist. So if you can just be that person that is learning and looking into these new technologies and being able to bring those solutions to the guy that's making the money and cutting the checks, he's going to appreciate you. And there's going to be some there's going to be a seat for you at the table because so many people go into a job and they have their job description. And if they're asked to do a duty or responsibility that's outside that job description. Uh, I'm not necessarily getting paid for that. And, and, and uh, you know, they wonder why they're not getting the promotion. It's the exact opposite of how someone would rise up in a company. In a company. So um, that's my thought on that. Yeah, I think adaptability, you know, to your point, is going to be pivotal in the next five to 10 years, because like you said, no one really knows, you know, 10 years ago, the reason I got into sales and communication, because I read a book that said, Hey, your job is not safe. Job security does not exist. The only job security you have is if you're willing to bet on yourself and learn certain skill sets. But even now, like you said, sales, even in my industry, in the solar industry, right? Tesla doing things to change the game with, you know, cutting out the salesperson, in-person solar consultations uh, without a human being there. Like it's a real threat where I think in the next five to 10 years, people don't actually know what's going to happen with the evolve of technology and AI, as Elon Musk says, is the greatest threat to humanity, whether he's accurate or not. But I think just being adaptable and being fluid and being able to navigate and not get so stuck or emotionally involved in certain things and being okay to pivot, stop, pivot, stop, and not being so uh, stuck in your ways. Yeah. And, and, you know, with that being said, um, I think the, the main thing on that is if you can, if you can learn how to use the technology, I think there'll be a place for you in a lot of different companies. It's not going to happen overnight and there's going to be a big, there's a big gold rush, you know, right now, you know, uh, you know, we we're just talking before this, you know, at one point we had a hundred people on our team because of certain AI and automation, we were able to, you know, took what was 40 K in overhead and now it's like two grand in overhead. Right. So there is a big gold rush where people could take advantage of these technologies and really make themselves more efficient as, you know, business owners, operators, or a person in a business. And um, there is going to be a, there is a gold rush that, that, that's here right now. Yeah. Where do you see the uh, future of the digital landscape? You know, we've, we've had crypto booms over the last two, three, four years. It's kind of dying down a little bit, picking back up. You know, you had the NFTs, which was big for a while. You know, I still hold a good chunk of them. You have AI, you have all these digital things that are evolving. 
what do you see? What trends? What things can people do out there to get ahead of some of these uh, digital economy trends that are happening? I um, so there's something called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it talks about you know survival and basically relationships, and you know you have your basic necessities, and then uh, you know you ha- you go up this like value value uh, this ladder where people have innate uh, urges and desires to like fulfill these needs. So in my mind, um, what I drew up and what I I tell my team is this is like look. We also have a value ladder of what people bring to the marketplace. At the lowest level, we have order takers. Above that, we have you know managers that can maybe manage order takers. And above that, I call them solutionists. And then above that, we have creators. And the reason why I feel like creators and where the digital landscape is going is because right now you can go and if you're a person that has attention and you own that attention, actually, just before we walked in here, there's this uh, girl that does cold calling on TikTok and um, Instagram. And dude, she has 150,000 followers and she's working with a, a B2B SaaS company and she's posting videos on LinkedIn. Mm. And she is not only working for that company, but she she also is saying, hey, I have you know 100,000 business owners that follow me. Could you hire me? Right. And that's one perspective. But the other perspective is that you know, in the digital landscape, it's who can control attention. And, and that's where the opportunity is going to be. And I feel like, um, like the people that I know right now that are so, so there's traditional business where, um, you know, for, for you, you guys, you guys probably do millions of dollars a month, right? In sales. Yeah. Like ballpark, like how much? Uh, probably five to 10 million. Five to ten million, right? And then on your end, you you run an organization, right? And let's just say on a good month, you probably will net whatever you're going to net, right? Sure. Um, but the people that I know in my life right now that are making the most money with the most profit, they have a digital brand. They are a creator, and these guys are making two hundred, three hundred k a month in revenue for their business at ninety percent profit margins. And it's like me and you both know to make 200, 300 grand net in your bank account, you're going to be doing a shit ton of revenue in your business. So that's where I feel like, you know, in the future, um, you, you know, you want to claim your digital, your, your digital real estate. hundred percent, man. It's leverage, right? When I think yeah, of a lot leverage. of the stuff you do, you know, it's leverage. Uh, Naval Ruvikan, you know, he has a great YouTube video about the four uh, different types of leverage. And I didn't really think about it this way. I, I kind of understood leverage. Okay. You know, put your money in a compound interest or, you know, hire this person. But the way that he broke it down really made a lot of sense to me where he said, there's four, four levels of leverage, right? You have the first two, which are the basic, which is labor, um, and, and capital, right? Obviously everyone knows labor, you know, you're running a sales team, you have other people working for you. You're getting a percentage of that revenue or you own a small business, you have other people. So you're able to multiply your effort, your energy, um, and your outcome because you have other people doing what you can't just do by yourself. The second level is obviously capital, which most people are familiar with, right? Warren Buffett has a quote. If you don't, figure out a way to make money while you're sleeping. You're going to have to work until you die, right? I think most people understand you have to at some point get your money working for you mm-hmm. so you're not having to trade your labor because that's very low leverage uh, for time. But the two last ones, which is something I don't do enough of, which I'm sure you're the expert in, which we'll talk about, is code, which is technology, um, and brand, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously social media and certain things. Because in my mind, we make one podcast video right now for this hour and with enough marketing behind it, with enough value, that one hour video of our time trading our labor can potentially compound and multiply 100, 200, 500,000 X. Mm-hmm. So I guess in the 21st century, or in your mind, what can the average person do or someone that's looking to go from good to great do to really maximize their leverage? Um, good question. And, and actually, so we do we do have uh, 15 developers on staff and, and that is the area that we are we are staffing up. Um, but aside from that, uh, what I, what I was going to add on to, I guess in alignment with this and the question before is, um, to get as much leverage, if you're just starting off, one thing that we're doing right now is we have infrastructure, we have infrastructure, we have people on payroll to do copywriting, run ads, um, do we can whip out like, uh, this last week we whipped out a whole new advertising campaign with ads and a funnel whole thing, um, you know, within 72 hours. So what we're doing is we are partnering with people that want to deploy a personal brand and they have their skill set and we're basically implementing our infrastructure where we have do we actually get 4 to 500 applications of people that want to do remote sales every week we i run a community that has 7000 high ticket 
remote sales reps where there's no, it's just value for them. But point being is um, if someone's brand new and they want to get leverage, what I would do is I would have my craft that I'm good at. And then there is something where um, there's, there's not just me doing this. There's other people that are starting to do this now where I would partner with someone that already has the infrastructure. And then overnight, like if we met the right person, we could launch a full brand in 72 hours and, and, you know, it could be generating revenue in the first 30 days. Um, and that's actually something where, uh, six months ago we launched a new brand in 30 days, it's doing 90,000 a month. Right. So I would say if I'm just getting started, I would figure out where I want to go ahead and, and grab attention. What's that thing that I want to talk about. And then I will look to partner, partner with power. Every single person that I know that's under the age of 30, that's running a company North of eight figures, each one of them partner with someone that was 10 years ahead of them. And, and that's something that I've noticed um, more than once. And maybe it was just a coincidence, but um, that's something I've definitely seen. Yeah, no, I love that, man. And, and personal brand, I think it's a term that's being thrown out a lot more. You know, it's why I started the podcast, because I realized, hey, regardless if I'm going to try and make ad money off of this or if I'm going to try and sell a product or a course, I know that your personal brand, what people look at you when they lock on your Instagram, your TikTok, your Facebook, your LinkedIn is the modern day resume. People don't care about your resume or your work history anymore. They go on your social media because that is a behind the scene look at who you are, uh, but also a highlight reel of what type of content you're putting out. If you had to start over, Nick, in terms of your personal brand, I guess what would be two, three, four, five quick steps that you can do to get it from zero to off the ground? So um, if you wanted to like grow fast, um, so this is what I would do, and this is the same principle that I would apply to marketing. So one, I would make a list of people that already have existing brands that are doing well. And let's just say that the, the, the metric that we're looking at is attention, which is views. So let's just say that I wanted to do that. I would make a list of 10 to 15 people that are getting views. And then what I would do is I would categorize the type of content that they're making in buckets. So let's just say there was 10 buckets, 10 different styles of content. And then I would decide, hey, I think I could probably do these two or three styles. And then I would deploy those to the marketplace and make a goal where I do 100 just like that. And then after 100 posts, I would look at which ones did well and then double down on that. And that would be the formula that I use for advertising too, the same formula. Um, so it's so that would be from just me going from like having no content to having content. That's how I would do it. Um, with that being said though, let's just say I could take it a step further. I think that um, people could take shortcuts in life and, and fast track by, again, partnering with power. So if you did, you know, if you were in that space and you had one skill set, one ability that you could bring to the table, the next thing I would look to do to fast track this whole thing would be to link arms with someone that's in the same space and create with them, create together. And that is something where I think it's going to become, you know, more popular is rather than, you know, Jimmy going out and building, you know, a 40 person team on his end to do everything that, you know, we already have as a 40 person team is like, let's just link arms together and like do this thing together. Um, and that's actually something where that strategy that I told you, I had an ex, uh, that I, I dated and, uh, dude, she was, she was working at a minimum wage job. And I asked her, Hey, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? She said, I would want to be famous. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And, uh, dude, we literally did that exact plan. She went from zero to 2 million followers on TikTok within a year and a half. And she partnered with power. And, um, I had her reach out to different influencer groups. She sent in, Hey, this is what I'm doing. She got some traction. Dude, is there any way I can collaborate with you guys? Maybe I could add some value. And she actually got signed and, uh, dude, she, she became famous. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Why did she X just X got X. Too, too famous X out, dude. No, she called me one day. So she's Russian. So she got signed to a Russian influencer group. Okay. And uh, she's like, dude, I have to go to Moscow. I was like, dude, I can't, I can't move to Moscow. Like, Fair. you know, so, uh, yeah, that's where we went our separate paths. And I feel like, you know, I served my place in her life and, you know, she's doing her thing and yeah, that's it. That's cool, man. 21st century collaboration is the key. And, and that's why I love the whole podcast kind of scene so much because you're getting to leverage uh, two people's networks and, and yeah. you, you, never, uh, you never know who you meet. Let's, let's pivot a little bit, Nick. Um, in terms of a lot of people listening to this, <clears throat> they're usually either 
entrepreneurs, small businesses, they're in direct sales, or they have the entrepreneur spirit, uh, like we did. You know, when we first started in entrepreneurship, I call it network marketing, same, same jazz, right? We had little skills, but we had the desire. We wanted big things out of life. So for those people right now that are maybe stuck in a nine to five, maybe they're stuck in a job because they have a family to support, they don't have the flexibility where they can just stop and take a big risk, what side hustles do you think people can start today where they can start making a little bit of income, right? Maybe work part-time on their fortune while they're working their full-time job to hopefully potentially eventually exit out and work full-time on their fortune and not have a job. Mm, good question. So it, it, it depends on what their shift is. If they're in the night shift, my answer would be different than if they're in the day shift. Um, but overall, I think the one uh, skill set that is um, gives you a lot of leverage is is understanding how to uh, do marketing. Because marketing is something where I can make the right ad campaign. I could type out you know the right words that are going to be deployed on an ad and you know, I could go ahead and, and do that in an hour. And I'm going to tell everybody a secret right now. If you have a media buyer and you're paying them a six-figure salary, dude, and the guy set up the campaign, he's checking the campaign for 30 minutes a day. Like, that's what he's doing. Dude. Like, high leverage. you know, it's high leverage. So, um, you know, with that being said, that's why, like, uh, <laughs> like I, I've sat on the sales side and then the marketing side, and it's definitely, there's it's a lot easier if you know what you're doing. So I would say look into um, doing that, social media manager, there's actually even, so we actually have a software, it's called agencybox.com. In that software, you could even white label marketing services. And if you get a little bit, you know, if you have a little bit of intelligence, you could you could be the guy that understands marketing. And, you know, let's say you're getting 2000 bucks per a job, per a month, you could go on Upwork and hire someone under you for 300 bucks or 400. So there's a lot of different ways to tap into arbitrage. The other route that I would say is a, is a side hustle, um, outside of marketing would be somebody that starts to understand automations and, and systems and, and, and tools like Zapier um, and ChatGBT because if you could go and understand that stuff, most small businesses, they do not understand how to use these tools. They're doing things uh, in, in ways that are just really um, archaic. And the reason why I think that's another side hustle that is also a little bit rare is because and it's, it's harder to maybe jump into because you do have to understand um, uh, flows of business and how a customer would move from, you know, being a lead to being a customer to going to the fulfillment to going to, you know, finance. And you, you'd have to get an understanding of how businesses flow and how customers flow throughout the business. But if you could wrap your head around that concept, I think that's a really amazing uh, skill set because once you implement the systems and the technology in the business and you set it all up, you're pretty integrated in their infrastructure and it's kind of hard to get rid of you, you know, if you, you know, if you set it up and you built out the whole thing. So once you do that, it's pretty, pretty sticky. And the thing that I like about both those skill sets, and I think the big three that people need, to, like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you learn these big three, marketing, sales, and operations and systems, mm. systems with the technology. But if you can learn all three of those, you can, you can get pretty, like, like, I'm going to say this. For me now, if I, if we take on a consulting client or if we take on a deal, I'm not necessarily like let me let me jump on the phone and do the deal, do the deals for for the client or let me let me jump on the phones because dude I have a system to recruit you dude hundreds of sales reps I could deploy those you know in a week I have systems and a team to 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 do the marketing and I know how to let's just say I didn't even have my resources now I know how to go on and filter the right people to do the marketing and, and get a team built out for 2000 bucks and put in a business. I also know how to set up the systems and infrastructure. And if you had the right knowledge, I could go into a business, help them for two, 3000 bucks a month, and then tell the business owner, dude, if I help you increase your sales, would you be open to the idea of me getting 10% rev share of everything we do above what you're doing now? Yes, cool, now you're in a spot where you can get rich and even leverage someone's existing assets and brands. That's what I think is the ultimate um, thing to, 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 to make moves fast. Again, leveraging what's already built. Yeah, man. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about. It's making yourself irreplaceable. It's adding so much value, becoming that linchpin where if you're taken out of the equation, the whole thing falls apart. And I think in the 21st century, in 2024, if you can figure out a way to add so much value, be that person that if you're missing things aren't the same, then you're obviously your compensation, the value, your salary, your your potential earning income is going to go through the roof. 
Um, Nick, I'm curious, dude. I mean, you're a smart guy. Uh, you know, you've been in this space uh, for over a decade. You know, you've, you've pivoted different companies. You've pivoted different things. You're, you know, D1 athlete at a high level, you know, high level, Ivy level school. Were you always entrepreneurial growing up or was there a shift somewhere in your life? I know you talked about being, you know, in high school and being an introvert, but did you always have the desire or was there something that shifted that made you want to have these big goals and dreams? Um, I would say that as time went on, uh, growing up, I, I got interested and curious about money because, you know, my family didn't grow, we didn't grow up with money because my parents had me so young, 19, 20, 21. Uh, and, uh, when I was growing up, my dad would work two or three jobs. So I was raised with my grandma. Thing about my grandma was, dude, she wasn't a normal grandma. She was, she was a, a rug dealer. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, basically point being is, um, as time went on, she would have me, you know, I would like you know, clean the floors, vacuum, and she would, you know, give me some cash. And that cash, I would go and, you know, be able to buy things with it. But um, eventually, she funded my first business. Was It was the good old candy business, you know? Yeah. So um, I even though I was introverted, I'm like, dude, look, I got, I got, what do you want? Like, I got it, right? And, uh, you know, I remember in seventh grade, dude, I was making like 70 or $80 a day, crushing. which is like, bro, crushing. yeah, crushing, dude, you know? So, um Point being is, I was always fascinated, uh, uh, and I loved, and I loved uh, that the the way I loved making money. Okay, I, I would say that. As time went on, though, like after high school, I didn't necessarily have attention on becoming an entrepreneur. I remember when I took my um, recruiting trip to Cornell University, and the you know the coach was like, you know, when you leave here, you know, we can get you a six figure job. I was like, dude, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, you know, that's, that was, that was what I was, uh, that's what I had attention on. I never really studied anything about entrepreneurship. I was fully in the world of, you know, being an athlete. So the things that I studied back then, which were the same characteristics is dude, I studied nutrition. I would watch YouTube videos on what are all the top athletes doing? What do they eat for breakfast? When do they work out? What workouts are they doing? So really my obsessions, like dude, at, you know, 14 through 18, dude, I had a six pack. I was like 7% body fat, right? So I had those obsessions and they just shifted to this new world, which is the, you know, the next sport and it's business. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm curious, man. Cause in my mind, I think success is all universal. I think sometimes the, the principles are the same. The actual deliverables and tangibles are a little bit different, but the, the mentalities, the work ethic, the belief, the, the grit, all that translate over well. So it never surprises me when a professional athlete or a D1 athlete or someone who takes their health seriously crushes it in business. I guess my question for you, being on both sides of it, why don't you think more people who are successful maybe in the fitness or they take care of their body or they're successful in maybe other avenues struggle on the finance side of things? Uh, I think they, they could. I, I think it's not necessarily like a one size fit all. I think it, it could be the wrong vehicle. It could be, you know, um, it could also be the people that are around. I think actually uh, looking back, um, who you're around uh, will, will, will change a lot. Uh, my younger brother, uh, was, you know, working a cashier register as a, as a, you know, like at a pizza place and he was going to school. And I remember I called him and this is when I left Grant's office, I was starting my marketing agency. I was like, dude, what's going on? And, uh, he's like, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing this. I'm in school. I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing for Christmas break? And he's like, I'm not really doing anything. I was like, dude, why don't you fly out? You know, I just opened my office and you could be an intern. And, uh, He's like, yeah, sounds good. And I was like, dude, curious. Like after school, what do you what do you want to do next? He's like, man, if I could just make like 50, 60K, I think I'd be cool. And I remember this conversation. I was like, the fuck, dude? 50, 60K? Like, bro, why not 500K? Why yeah. not 600K? And, you know, point being is he came, he worked with me as an intern. He was around me for 30 days, you know, during break. And next thing you know, he's like, dude, I think, I don't know if I can go back to school. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I'm like, bro, I'm not telling mom, like you have to tell mom. So he called, uh, mom is like, dude, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going down a different path and they're yeah. just like, you know, you know, don't fuck up his life. And, uh, point being is dude, he was around. So as time went on, his idea and awareness of what was possible grew because of who he was around and fast forward, you know, he did, he did. So he, here's his journey, which is also really amazing. Um, he just picked up a, a brand new Lamborghini Huracan, by the way. So he did customer support. And then after that, he did like graphic design. Then he did project management of, um, uh, a marketing team, 
We had like uh, 15 uh, different people across the graphic designers, web designers. Then he did sales. Then he did sales leadership. And then he ran operations for me. And do now he's actually active CEO of that company. Um, and dude, there's 80 plus employees. And and dude, he's he's the guy running the deal. He runs everything. And uh, he's a one percenter. So point being is, if you go and take somebody that is that guy and you put them around the right group that's just really granting him, flowing him a little bit of power, he he will change and his idea of what he can do will change as well. Mm, I love that, man. Proximity, right? Proximity is huge. I think it's, you know, it's pretty cliche in the personal development stage, you know, the law of association, you are the four people, five people you hang around with. But it's so true because if you're not exposed like your brother was to you or like I was uh, to my first entrepreneur journey, if you're not exposed to bigger ideas and, and dreams and being able to meet people at 21, 22 years old, who's making twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 a month from Hawaii, from his smartphone 15 years ago, if you're not exposed to that, you never realize what's actually possible. And I think the issue is social media, the mainstream media, society programs us to think a certain way, right? I call it the box life. You know, mm -hmm. you wake up in a box, you drive to work in a box, uh, you sit in your box cubicle, you come home and watch a box on TV, and then you die in a box. And like most people call that a life. And if you're happy and you love, you know, that life, like I support it. But I would argue that that's not really maximizing most people's potential. But Unfortunately, most people don't have exposure. They do with social media, but they're not choosing to tune into uh, something that could inspire them and open their mind to what's really out there. So I'm very fortunate uh, and grateful that I got exposed to entrepreneurship from a young age when my beliefs weren't as fixed and I wasn't at a point of my life where I had kids or I was married. So I was able to take a jump into something without having much overhead or much risk of not being able to support people. So I guess for you, Dick, my question, if I'm listening right now and I'm a little bit stuck, right? Maybe I'm stuck in a job I don't like. Maybe I'm stuck in a career. Maybe I'm stuck in a location, a city, an environment, a relationship, and I'm not super fulfilled with my life. What advice would you give me to start to progress towards something that I actually believe in? Um, so, uh, Again, again, I'm not telling anybody to leave their families, but what I would do is I would make a list of people that, you know, inspire me and, and you know, they are that person that I would I would like to be. And and I would look at, you know, getting next to them and maybe having a career shift or, or doing something different. That's what I probably would say would be the fastest way to inspire change. You could also do it locally, too, if there was a person around you. But um, I think actually now when I reflect back on it, when I went to go learn sales, there was a part of Grant's message that I resonated with. It was like, he said, this is what it was. It's okay if you're obsessed because I've always had an obsessive personality. Like I'm either 100% doing something or I'm not doing it. Hmm. And um, point being is um, I looked at his life. I'm like, all right, dude, this guy got you know, the Rolls Royce. Wife looks good. Got family. You know, He didn't have a jet back then, but I'm just like, dude, he's helping people. Um, dude, I could, I could, I, 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 I'm inspired by that. Let me get around it. And that's what I did. Same thing as an athlete. If I wanted to be the best athlete, dude, one thing that my dad did for me growing up and, and my parents believed a lot of me and, and they sacrificed a lot to help, help me out. And one thing that they would do is on the weekends, um, there would be like, uh, uh, different, um, athletes in different parts of the state and usually these guys were two or three or four years older than me, and they would drive out for a weekend for a practice, and I would go work out with you know the state champ. Like when I was in eighth grade, I'm there sparring with the guy who won state the year before, and he's going to the finals, and and I would I would be around them, and that that increased you know who I was, my abilities, and dude, if I'm hanging with them, when I went against people my own age, I had a lot of confidence. So point being is that will change who you are, and that's what you need to do, and. Um, it's not easy to do, and there, luckily there is online communities where you could find that. But if you change that, you know you're gonna have a different outlook. Yeah, no, I agree, man. This is, I guess, a question for for entrepreneurs out there. Um, so I don't know about you, but for the first five years of my entrepreneur journey, I felt like I was still in survival mode. Even though I was making money, you know, I had some paradigms, I had some beliefs, I had some some baggage that was implanted from me from an early age that I had to recondition and start shifting the way that I viewed the world. And for five, six years, even when I started making six figures, 100K, 200K, I still felt like I was in survival mode where 
I'd get ahead and then I'd get back. I'd get ahead and I'd get back. The net worth was basically stuck. I couldn't get ahead. And then something shifted in my life around year six, year seven, right? Three years into my solar journey where I felt like I went from survival to thriving, where I felt like things were progressing at an expo exponential level, right? You get to this point where you're, you're grinding, you're grinding, you're grinding, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And then finally the glass shatters and then you have exponential growth, your identity shifts, and then it feels like you never go back to the same you know, person you were before. One, did that ever happen in your career? And two, what could you tell people to help with that shift from survival to sustainability? So on the first part, I did experience that. So for me, um, I had a business uh, um, that was, you know, it was doing like 80K, 100K a month. And uh, eventually um, I had a, I'm going to call it a mastermind. Again, it was being around the right people, but I had a mastermind at my place. I was living in Hollywood Hills and I met this guy, um, Jan, who's still a really good friend today. Um, we actually are put together a deal last week. Um, but point being is um, he came over to my house. And at that point, I was really good at building sales teams and setting up sales systems. Like right now, dude, you I could throw ads up on any platform and my guys will convert a lead into a deal. And um, on his end, he was really good at running ads. Like this guy spent $40, 50000000 million on ads. So um, that weekend... He, he, he shared with me what he was doing. And I asked him, I was like, Hey, look, I, Jen, like, uh, I get all that, but just give me the formula, man. Like, tell me what I got to do to market like you. All right. Give like, me the sauce. Give me the sauce, dude. How much do I spend here? How much do I spend there? And what he said was, he said this, um, he's like, so see Nick, what I do is I'll spend some money and test all the features that Facebook has. Right. And then once I test everything, I'll come back the next day and I'll, and I'll, and I'll look at it and I'll see what's making me money and then I'll spend more money on it. And I was like, all right. So uh, that's pretty simple, dude. I thought there was this magic formula, but basically be a scientist and test everything. And um, he really uh, uh, kind of opened up and shifted my mindset on marketing. And that next week, I probably did like 40, 60K, but two, two, two weeks, my business went from doing 20 to 30K to me having a $250,000 week, mm. just like that. So that was a quantum leap. Um, but with that being said, I've also had that quantum leap. And then because I was primarily using one form of marketing and one traffic source, that traffic source two and a half years later, two years later, it got shut down. So now what I've realized is that um, for me personally, it, it to be like to move into sustainability is to have durability and to have durability. I believe that comes through uh, competence and being able to like, like specifically in business, understand how to set up different acquisition systems for different channels. So now, right, right now, like as we talk, dude, a lot of people in the online space talk about, well, I'm running this type of funnel with this type of ad and this and this. And like for, for us, we kind of run multiple, we run multiple and we also have integrated. So we, we have this thing, it's called the rain method. The rain method is this, is we, we, we rely on referrals and we do have referrals. We have systems that help us get referrals. We have advertising, which is cool. We spend money, we make money. Integrated partnerships. What that means is this. We actually have a deal that we're putting together right now with the company where they get five to 15,000 new leads every week. And we're integrating our product, our software with their products so all their customers get it for free that's an integrated partnership those are million multi-million dollar deals and then the n is network partnerships network partnership could be something where like um there was a networking event that i spoke at last week and there's a network and there's like authorized vendors of services and you know you tap into networks another example is this i have a buddy that sells health insurance and he, there's this Facebook group. It's all dentists. And in the group, there's authorized, there's an authorized person that's a, a, a accountant, C, CPA. There's even like nutritionist for dentists. There's a guy that does health insurance. There's a guy that does marketing and he's in this network. So my, my, my idea is to tap into all of them and that's going to give you durability. Mm. I like that a lot, man. Nick, are you still motivated by material things, or what's your what's your chief aim right now? Right now, dude, we're we're uh, we're in the process of doing a deal where we're gonna exit for you know a decent amount of cash. And the thing that I love is, uh, I love the idea of, and this is the skill set where the last piece of the puzzle it's 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 there. We're putting it in play. But I love the idea after this in the next five to ten years of being able to 
take the sales marketing operations that I've studied over the last 10 years and work with someone that was like me 10 years ago and be like, dude, let's build this thing. You've had the business for two years. You're stuck at, you know, you know, a million bucks, half a million bucks, quarter million. Let's build this for another two years together. And, uh, dude, let's, let's, let's do an exit. Like let's, let's build this and, um, you know, get my hands on different deals. Cause ultimately the thing that I love to do is solve problems. And, uh, that's like where my mind, you know, that's where I get excited. Um, running the operations once the problem solves pretty, pretty boring for me. And I, I, I like to hand it off. Yeah. Yeah. No, the reason I asked that question is because it's interesting when I first got, um, into solar and started making decent money. I was like, yeah, my goal is to just keep buying real estate, get all this passive income, invest in brokerage funds, and then, you know, go retire and go move to Fiji and go smoke weed and hang out for six months out of the year on beaches. And the crazy thing is, as I start to meet more people who are crushing it, people that are decades ahead of us in terms of their life, who have plenty of money, more money than they know what to do with, generational wealth, their kids, kids, kids are set up. They're still working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and they actually don't vacation as much as I thought. So to me, it's like the idea of beach money sounds really cool. The idea of never having to work again in your life sounds really good. But the more successful people I meet, um, the more I realize that that's actually not the goal. The goal isn't to stop working and just go retire because that's when you start getting anxious. That's when you start getting upset. That's when you bad things start happening because you're not progressing and there's nothing that is fulfilling you. So I'm always curious when I talk to people who are very sharp and have a really good plan set up to see why are you still doing this? And if you had enough money where money wasn't an issue anymore, what would you be doing? So, um, on my end, uh, I guess escaping the actual like race and, 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 you know, escaping, escaping the matrix fully, I feel like someone eventually has to sell companies to fully escape it. And, and you could do it with cash flow over years and years, but to do it fast, like under 30 and to do it or in your early thirties or big even twenties, big multiples. Yeah. That's what I feel like. Um, with that being said, uh, why am I still doing it? So, um, for me, I did a lot of self-reflecting and, and looked at like what made me feel good. And uh, when I'm able to, you know, have something that's a new goal and, and there's like a problem, I don't know exactly how to, how to solve it. I noticed the endorphins and the way my body, you know, I just how I feel after I solve that. And uh, I'm a perpetual learner, meaning ongoing learner, and I have to do that. And I think what I think about is like, what would my ideal scene look like if you know money was no object and for me my ideal scene would be very similar to what i do now mm. i wake up i you know will go and have some coffee I'll, I'll 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 turn on you know whatever i'm listening to and dude i'll go to the gym i'll work out i sauna and uh you know i would start my morning just like that i come back i read um and then after that i jump into uh meetings from um about eight o'clock to eleven o'clock um and and that's just with different uh teams basically and then after that, dude, I have a pretty big gap in my day where I'm able to create what I want to create. Um, so like fast forward, what I would do is I would have that same schedule, but instead of um, same schedule in the morning, but instead of me meeting with like individual team members, it would be like, hey, at eight o'clock, I'm meeting with, you know, the founder of this company at nine o'clock this and then 10 o'clock this company. And then, it, you know, I would have that schedule set up and uh, I probably would go and um, um. I would, I, I need to get better at documenting what I'm doing and, and sharing it with people. And that's probably the thing that I would do more of, you know, in the future. Share the journey. Share the journey. Yeah. Nick, you seem like someone who's very efficient. That's, that's the vibe I get from you. You're very efficient. What productivity hacks or tips do you have for people to get more juice out of their time? Yeah, I'm a, I'm efficient because I'm the hardest working, lazy person you'll ever meet. Okay. Like if I'm doing a task, I'm like, dude, this task is something where like, I just, a monkey could do it, dude. I got to make an SOP on it and hand it off. Um, but, uh, in terms of productivity hacks, um, I don't necessarily, so I would say the biggest thing that I got good at, and I realized it as soon as I entered the workplace was if I'm going to go and, and, and get ahead, I need to, I need to, I need to operate for a full day. So the big, biggest productivity hack that I would give would be the hack that I give my sales guys. And um, for us, we work with a lot of sales guys and problem with most people, they can't work a full day. So the hack is this, um, I got my blood work done and I, and I also kind of know what food makes me feel good because growing up I saw a nutritionist. So it would be set up a diet, 
with food that allows you to feel good and work the full day. So for me, I can't have bread and a large like pasta at lunch because I get sleepy. So I arrange my whole day around energy and I think with that, um, and that probably is gonna be the biggest hack because most people are trying to get ahead and, and, and they're trying to you know make some power moves, but it's hard to do when you can't work a full day. Mm. That's the biggest hack. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I don't think it's a time management issue. I think it's a energy management, you know, issue. Yeah. I was just thinking about this earlier today where as a sales professional or really anyone out there in business, your job is to transfer energy. Mm. Whether you're transferring energy to your clients, if you're presenting a solar or knocking their door, whether you're presenting to a potential customer that you're trying to pitch them on agency box or whatever you're doing, whether you're making a podcast, whether you're engaging with your fiance or your wife or your girlfriend, like everything that we do all day is a transfer of energy, right? Law of energy, it's basic 101. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. Therefore, your ability to gather and curate your energy throughout the day by the things you put in your body, by the things that you're listening to, touching, seeing, smelling, that will have a massive dictate on the return of what you invest that energy into. So I think it's really interesting that you say that because I agree. I think more people need to focus on how do I show up in the way that I need to? How can I do the things for my body? How can I do the things for my mind? How can I do the things for my psyche with self-care and tending to myself so when I go into these important battles throughout the day, I'm able to get the highest ROI on my time and energy? Yeah, absolutely. So really... Aside from the energy management is figuring out some way to break up your days. So at the end of the day, one thing that I'm really big on is uh, taking walks and and making sure that I get back in present time and I don't go from computer screen to another computer screen or a TV screen. So so doing that, um, and I did pick that up for my dad. My dad uh, eventually transitioned to sales and you know he did that uh, for 20 years. And one thing he did was he took a walk every single day at night. And uh, it's something where um, I would say like, the reason why you do that is because when you go into the next day, you also need whatever routine it is for you to have the new day be a new day and do a, a, re, a, re, a refresh on your state. So one thing that helped me was breath work. And uh, I, I tell the you know new sales reps, you know, um, look, you guys want to be able to change your state. If you have a bad call, how fast can you get back to your, new, your, your, your ideal state, your prime state, whatever you want to call it, as quickly as possible? So I think that's the other... Uh, really big thing that's uh, helped me out. And on the note of energy, um, if you want to be a leader of a company, you, like like Brandon, we have a mutual mutual friend, Brandon. Brandon is an en- energy source. He runs a sales team. The sales team gets motivated, inspired off his energy. He can literally feed it to someone. I believe I have that same power, and I believe a lot of great leaders do, where they can call a rep and say, look, man, Today's the day. Go out there and get it, man. I want you to give everything you got. Leave it all out there today. And him saying those words where he's transferring some energy life to that person will help them have a good day. And you do that for 50 or 100 reps, dude, you're going to you're gonna get some sales. I agree with you, man. I think most people know what they need to do. You know, yeah. if you're trying to get in shape, okay, I need to go to the gym six days a week. I need to eat right, cut out sugar, cut out carbs, exercise. Like, why aren't most people doing it? It's because they don't have the right intuition they don't have the right guidance system they don't have enough accountability so i agree i think that energy transfer especially in the sales industry is so important because your ability to cultivate that enthusiasm like your pitch isn't going to change day to day for the most part obviously you should be sharpening your short making adjustments same thing with you guys right like your pitch to customers isn't going to change day to day other than your slight improvements but what's the difference between having a killer day that compounds into a killer month into a killer year or staying stagnant it's your energy and your enthusiasm that you're injecting into your business into your viewers into the people that you're communicating with uh so i I agree with you dude nick as we wrap up man i'd love to keep chatting and and uh, there's a lot of nuggets and a lot of things that we can go into but i have a question because we touched a little bit on both these things so i'm interested to hear your answer what do you think is more important who you know or what you know i would i would uh i would say um Dude, I've met some people that got extremely rich and they're not that smart yeah. and they just knew the right people, right? Yeah. But I, I'm more on the side of uh, what you know. I think if you're competent, um, knowing that uh, and, and you're really good at what you do, your work will get known and the right people will know you. I think I'm more on that side uh, for myself. Um, but there are a few friends, like I got a, I got a, I got a, I got 
There's one specific guy that I'm thinking of that used to work for me. And, uh, dude, this guy was working at a fast food restaurant. He was, you know, he's from my hometown working for me. And, dude, he just met the right guys. And he made a few million bucks in crypto. Like, he just met the right guys. Wasn't the smartest tool in this tool shed. He did get around the right people, right? So there's that. Um, but um, overall, though, one could argue that, dude, he did actually learn some things in the process. And because he learned those things, those people actually saw, like, you know, hey, dude, this guy's reading books. He has the right mindset. He's doing this. So that caused them to gravitate towards him. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, become the person that deserves it and uh, be that person on a day-to-day and everything else will work out. Well said, dude. Nick, my last question for you. If the Nick today who's crushing it, multiple seven, eight-figure businesses, about to, about to exit, running Agency Box and a bunch of other stuff, super charismatic, got a lot going on, could give advice back to the Nick in high school who was eating lunch in the library to help accelerate your learning curve to where you want to be, what would that advice be? Man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I wouldn't change anything uh, because let's. There, there were opportunities where I look back in the last decade where I'm like, dude, all right, hey, let me whisper in his ear, hey, you need to lay a little bit more into the the Bitcoin, okay, right now. <laughs> but uh, pull out, now. yeah, yeah. But um, what I would, what I would say is, I would have, I would, I would hand myself the curriculum, and I would be like, look, here's chapter, here's 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 section one. Section one is going to go ahead and be this book right here going to be sell or be sold here's section two section three section four this is all you have to go and dive into and know and just know that you have all the skill sets in the world and uh, you'll be okay i would give him that curriculum to study mm, i love it bro yeah. Power, powerful curriculum yep shout out grant yep yep <laughs> nick you're you're the man dude uh where can people find you get connected maybe look into agency box a little bit more you could you could find me at skillstacking.io just put your information in there and do my team will get in contact with you I love it, dude. I love All right. It. Sounds well, good. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Guys, another awesome episode. We will continue to drop value every single week and hope everyone is having a phenomenal start to the year. And we'll see you guys on the next episode.